All right, everybody, we are here on another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to Domino. Uh, they reached out to me, they're, they're marketing people. I've been a fan of Domino for, uh, for quite a long time, not to be confused with the game or the pizza company. Um, but Domino does some really great work in the printing industry from my time at WS Packaging and Fortis and now here at Myers. Uh, Domino's just been a great partner at, at all these companies. So I jumped at the chance to say, of course, I'll have somebody on from Domino on my podcast. And so uh, Tara said, well, uh, we've got these other people and uh, we ended up on the fourth, the fourth option. No, I'm just kidding. You were not the fourth choice. No, I was the fifth, right? <laughs> you were, no, you were not. <laughs> uh, she said, hey, this is this is what he talks about. This is background. And I was like, hey, we're going to have a great conversation around also food safety and blockchain and other traceability it's going to be it's going to be so fun people don't realize that uh these types of problems are solved through printed packaging often so or at least we play a pretty big role in that so i'm joined here by adem kulausovic did i nail it you nailed it kulausovic all right uh i feel bad by the way my sister uh shout out to Kristen peak uh, she is the NBA draft analyst for Yahoo Sports. And so she'll have to go live on during the draft and she'll talk about the players and what it is they're doing. And uh, one, one time she was at my house prepping for the draft and there's a lot of players from across the world now who play in the NBA. I'm not sure if you're an NBA fan or not, but she was sitting there just repeating the words. There was this player who now plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder and she was like, Alexi... Pokashevsky, Alexi Pokashevsky. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it's uh, what what's the uh, what's the origin of your name? Yeah, so it's uh, Bosnian, so from former Yugoslavia. That's where my parents came from, uh, and I'm first generation American. But you know, they they kept the tradition going of giving me a, a traditional Bosnian name, and uh, you know, it, it it provides a uniqueness. I'm I'm the only Adem in the uh, Domino Corporation, so a lot of people just go by the first name. Uh, one of my colleagues say, you're like Madonna, but I didn't like that association of Madonna. I was like, I'm hoping more like Prince or someone else than a first name, but. Yeah, so there's some advantages of having a unique name. Yeah, no, that's great. And and where do you live now? So I live in uh, Chicago now. So uh, the beautiful and gray, rainy uh, Chicago uh, that tends to get snow in summer and spring and fall all in one day. So uh, one day I'll move more south. Got it. Well, you know, I'm here in Salt Lake City and it's beautiful, but just don't tell everybody because <laughs> they're they're all coming here. And there's a pretty big, if I recall, there's there's a pretty big uh, like Eastern European, uh, I don't know, former Soviet Union, like block of people in uh, block is an interesting term, but uh, in, in in the Chicago area, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always been a, a, a culturally diverse Chicago, but, you know, you have these uh, area, uh, areas of, of migrant um, uh, people coming from other countries and, and they've been formulating their own little uh, areas. Uh, and so, you now, uh, when I came, you know, when I was young, there, there was no such thing as like a Yugoslavian area, but now you have a clear like Slavic area that has the Slavic foods and, and a lot of culture and they're all intermingling. So it's always nice to see that transition in Chicago 
um, and, and other, you know, Midwest areas that are bringing in the Baltic and Balkan in, in those Slavic areas in this melting pot. So it's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Do you follow, this is my last basketball question, I promise, but do you follow any of the players who are in the NBA now that come from that region? You know, I do. Um, you know, we, we've had our, our, our share in the, in the Chicago Bulls, of course, and, you, you know, you have Djokovic and, and others. So it's always good to start seeing that because, again, you know, back in the day, when, you know, again, Chicago fan, right? Uh, the Bulls, uh, you know, you had Tony Kukoc, and that was like everybody's, you know, brother. Everybody knew Tony. So it's good to see now that this has been expanding. And, it, and you know, I think it's been great because it's it's brought basketball into a whole new level. You're, you're seeing a lot more dynamics and a lot more, uh, uh, um, you know, hard play now because there's people from different regions with different tactics coming in together. So it's really cool. Yeah, Absolutely. it's awesome. It's awesome. I, it's funny to think that like three of the top five players in the NBA are, uh, you know, you've got like Giannis Antetokounmpo and yeah. uh, uh, my my guy, I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. So Nikola Jokic. And I was going to say the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Luka Doncic. And uh, it's, it's, it's been really fun to watch. We're not here to talk about that, but we can. Um, yeah. We need to be. Uh, I was a big Bulls fan growing up, actually. So I've got Michael Jordan stuff everywhere. I still have a ton of shoes and not original shoes or else I probably wouldn't be hosting this podcast if I sold them all and retired. Uh, but anyway, well, th that's that's the most informal introduction I think I might have done on the podcast, but I'm glad glad we had that moment. What is, what is your role at Domino uh, currently today? How long have you been there and what is it you're doing? Well, I... I just started my 15th year in Domino, uh, believe it or not. I, you know, so I, you know, I started when I was 12. No, just kidding. Um, so yeah, 15 years in Domino. I am the uh, global director of automation and integration. So my role here has been uh, bringing in the the aspects of right now the industry for 4.0 realm, bringing those concepts in bringing in the ideas of what industry does through their automation, through PLCs, and incorporate that into our products and our theory to help, um, you know, companies be able to get full visibility of their plant line through communication, through our printers, and the sending of data back to them. So a, a lot of great stuff there. This has been a big emerging um, uh, uh, area of expertise, uh, as you know, with the whole industry 4.0 movement. So it fits really well with how companies want more visibility in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it is an emerging for our industry, at least it, it, it is this emerging conversation that I think has been taking place over the last couple of years, uh, for sure. The supply chain crisis and, uh, and everything that's happened with COVID has really elevated that conversation where we can utilize data that we're getting in our industry and help businesses make better decisions. So I, I find it to be incredibly fascinating. And I've been blessed to be able to connect with people all over the world who are doing similar things just like yourself. So uh, it's it's awesome to have another another friendly face saying, uh, we, we really need to focus on this. Um, so the idea of data and industry 4.0 has a lot of impacts across multiple different verticals, multiple different products. We could get, we could there, honestly, there could be an entire packaging podcast around data automation and integration and 4.0 and web three and all that stuff. But that's not my, that's not my podcast. So let's, let's kind of narrow this down. When I was talking 
uh, with with Tara over there at at Domino, we sort of landed on on the topic of food safety and how does what you're doing at Domino, your role, impact food safety specifically. Uh, she mentioned the Food Safety Modernization Act. So, you know, for the listeners who don't know what that is or the host, uh, why don't you why don't you explain a little bit about what is the Food Safety Modernization Act? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, before I go right into that, one of the things that that dri- drove this whole Food Safety Modernization Modernization Act is, as you know, uh, throughout the news, there's a lot of recalls going through uh, the industry. We've had the romaine lettuce issue, the peanut butter issue. We've had um, things like listeria and E. coli. And previous to this uh, Food Modernization Act, uh, there was always just voluntary recalls. You you had the idea you, that you had to announce this, but you didn't really have to pull it back. And this is where people really got sick. So back in 2011, um, uh, President uh, Barack Obama decided that what needed to be done is to protect public health. And so he signed into law then uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act. Also, people call it FISMA um, for the acronym. Um, and this was designed to provide on preventing food safety problems and preventing them from going out uh, before, you know, uh, public would be able to grab that. So this was really the importance of strong foodborne illnesses, outbreak surveillance, and more importantly, it gave the FDA some uh, power to to start implementing rules, uh, standardization, and the ability to issue mandatory recalls, whether or not a company wanted it. So this really helped out to, to lower the amount of um, uh, food safety issues, um, food counterfeits. Um, I don't know, back in 1980s, there was this whole thing about uh, sugar, uh, sugar-free juices and stuff. Well, people were um, secretly using beet juice to sweeten this, mm. and that's not good. Um, not when you're claiming that this is sugar-free. So being able to have this organization to now do these checks and, and making sure that this is legit has helped a lot of people maintain their health and, and other portions of, of, you know, preventing recalls uh, from coming or preventing people not to recall things from coming in. Got it. Yeah. And, and you know, you can probably figure out that this, this idea of food safety is so wide reaching. I mean, it touches on issues of, you know, call it social justice. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it, it drives up the cost of food. And, you know, when we talk about poverty alleviation in America, <laughs> we, you know, having, having good, healthy food options for uh, across the globe, like it shouldn't just be for wealthy people, right? It should be for, for all uh, Americans, ideally, when we're talking about the U.S., but in, in the, the broadest sense, it would be, it would be great for every, every human in the world to have access to safe food. Uh, public health, so mm-hmm. the strain on our healthcare system when, when we don't have standards around our food safety, sustainability, food, food waste is the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions in the world. And so those product recalls end up, end up being pretty bad for greenhouse gas emissions, so on and so forth. So yeah. are, are there any of those areas um, specifically that, that Domino really dials into to help out with either printers or brands to understand with the impact that that you all have on on food safety 
I, I mean, that's a great question. And it clearly goes into, so uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act has grown. Uh, one of the biggest initiatives that came through is um, undeclared allergens. Uh, you know, as you know, peanut allergies have been big, shellfish. And um, the number one recall uh, that's been recorded by the FDA in the United States is undeclared allergens. So a package not getting the allergens on it or more, more commonly it's the wrong label that goes on there. So you're making like a Caesar dressing and you label it as ranch. Of course, now you haven't declared the shellfish that's in, in there, the anchovies and stuff. So, so this becomes a big problem. Um, and this issue dwarfs all the other recalls. I'm talking about Listeria, E. coli and everything for 15 quarters in a row. So this has been a, a, just a systemic issue. And so this is where Domino gets into here by providing um, uh, reliable printers that can identify um, in the label themselves to boulderize those allergens, to make them clear, to have a clear print so that it is readable is one thing. But more importantly, uh, we've, we've in integrated our automation solutions and software to ensure that the right label is going onto the, print, uh, onto the product themselves. So by doing these closed loop code and check solutions, when a product is coming out, you can easily scan, you know, have the system scan the UPC code, say, oh, this is pork and beans. And then we make sure that we code it properly with pork and beans. If it doesn't, it triggers alarm, stops the system. And it's eliminating the number one problem, which is human error. If you remove the aspect of a human doing something very mundane as selecting a, a, a message, you're now improving the efficiency on that. And you're reallocating that person to what they were actually paid to do, which is getting product out the door. So you're not eliminating a job, you're right. actually taking away a, a nuisance away from them, which allows them to concentrate on the more important thing is getting that product out the door. You're also saving them from being fired. I mean, absolutely, it's absolutely. A, it's a job security thing. Uh, you did say something that I, I wanna, I wanna uh, double back down on here. Did you say that there are anchovies in Caesar dressing? Is that correct? Um, in some of them, there are from from what I what I've read and stuff. I was actually shocked about it because I actually looked up a, a recall that occurred and it was with a, a Caesar uh, dressing, and they indicated that there was anchovies in there. And I'm like, give me, uh, give me one second. Hang on, one second. Hey, babe, throw out all of our Caesar dressing. <laughs> Okay, thanks. I uh, needed needed to get that. Glad I could help you on that one. No, actually, I I I, I don't I don't mind Caesar dressing. Uh, I just anchovies to me. That's not my jam. Uh, okay, so let's let's uh, hang out here on this idea of human error and removing human error and industry 4.0 and kind of mm -hmm. all of this tech that's been that's been driving a lot of change in in, in the world really. And one of those that I get to speak on, I'll be. Uh, at an event, um, we're recording this here in on May sixth, and I'll be at an event in uh, oh Chicago. Actually, mm. I'll be in Chicago for uh, the AICC, the Association of Independent Corrugated Converters, speaking about uh, the convergence of blockchain and packaging. Uh, so it's a it's a topic that I find incredibly fascinating, uh, and and it seems to be one that when we start talking about uh, various different issues, food safety being one of them that blockchain would really play well in. Is that something, how does Domino interact or how are you preparing to interact with the, not just the emergence of industry 4.0, but also the web three technologies that we're seeing like blockchain? 
Yeah, and, and that's that's another important aspect, especially now with, um, you know, I know everybody's has, uh, you know, fatigue in the whole COVID and supply chain conversation. But, you know, one of the biggest challenges right now is raw materials and, and the availability of it and the risk of counterfeiting of, of raw materials. So one of the things that the FDA has been looking into and actually are planning on completing this November is being able to track specific foods down the whole supply chain. So, you know, things like blockchain becomes very interesting in this conversation because now you have the ability to track the, the transfer of product down the whole value chain from the raw material all the way to the produce to the customer. And this is becomes very important because if you think about, for example, the romaine lettuce issue, it all happened due to E. coli, due to a specific farm um, having, uh, we won't go into details, but bad practices, right? That tainted the lettuce. And the problem that really woke up the United States was this was in the unique time where it's a seasonal change. It goes from California down to South America. And right on that time, they couldn't narrow it down because it was a little bit of both and it was a wake up call. And so by providing this, this aspect of blockchain, you can now trace this down to the farm. So it could be old McDonald's farm and this lot based off of that trail. And, and it, that would, is what becomes very attractive, not only to the government, but to a lot of companies like Nestle and Walmart who really wanna provide a good um, uh, product to their consumers, right? Yeah, no that that makes that makes a ton of sense and you know we we, we don't have we don't have a ton of time to break down exactly what there there are just go on Discord or or Twitter yeah. and you'll have a lot there's a lot of blockchain experts there. <laughs> experts Absolutely. in air quotes, but uh there are some there are some great people doing a lot of really incredible work and uh you know what's so we're we're coming up here kind of close to the end of 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 our time together. It's, it's already been super informative. Uh, I've got a couple of questions, though, one of which, shame on me for not asking earlier, but when we're talking about compliance with the Food Safety Modernization Act, and we're talking about blockchain and its role in that, I realize we have not hit on a very critical topic here, which is, what does Domino actually do? Like, what, what, what is Domino's core business? We're talking about all this other stuff, which is great, but what, what do you make? What do you do? What services and products do you offer? Absolutely. Um, so Domino makes uh, coding and marketing equipment, uh, primary identification systems. So these are your continuous inkjet printers, uh, lasers, all the way down to the palette labelers. So we supply the products to provide these unique identifications, your lot number, your expiration, and even unique identification onto your products so they can be identified by your consumers. Every time you pick up a milk jug and you look at the expiration date, that is most likely being done by a Domino printer. So we provide this capability to manufacturers to be able to label and identify their products to the batch, to the uh, hour, so that there is traceability and compliance in some of these FISMA apps. Um, on top of that, we are always trying to be disruptive and innovative in the industry. So instead of just providing a, a technology product, we are also in involving the industry 4.0 to create solutions that fulfill all these needs through track and trace, uh, be able to utilize the blockchain capabilities so that we can encode those data into QR codes or 2D codes that can be easily detected and, and scanned 
to help you know the manufacturers and consumers track it down. One key area that I'd like to bring up is the smart label. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this smart label uh, on, on candy and other wrappers that contain a QR code that you scan with a phone that picks up all the ingredients and shows the sustainability as, we, as you brought up before, social responsibility. Shows the sustainability, the zero carbon footprint, where it, these local products have come from. And that's constantly dynamic. So instead of having a bunch of different films, uh, you know, a company like Domino can print the data associated to this QR code right on the product, giving the um, you know, manufacturers the ability to have this data that customers want and, and demand through compliance and necessity, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're like the, I don't know, maybe is, it, is this a way, this was kind of a light bulb moment for me. It might be true, it might be not. So I'm I was wrong once in 1997, so this could be the second time. Uh, but it seems, it seems as though Domino provides a physical manifestation of of data, right? So if it's if if there's a you know you talk about like the milk the expiration date on on the milk label that's been decided on by some sort of formulation of data, and and but you provide that verification in a physical format to the consumer. Uh, or if it's the smart label information or, you know, whatever variability or variable QR codes for track yeah. and trace and that kind of stuff. It's, it's that, it's that physical interaction. You provide that missing step that the data can't do. It has to actually be physically printed onto the product for the consumer to engage with it. Yeah. You, you have to have something visual there for the consumer and, and for the manufacturers as well to review. And we provide that along with the closed loop system through our vision and software to give that full picture to the company as a whole. A lot of times um, manufacturing uh, is very uh, segmented. Uh, things don't talk to each other. Data sharing is through a notebook. Again, a lot of mundane tasks that can be missed. By providing these integration solutions, we are um, you know, able to communicate through Ethernet IP for our Rockwell partnership. So that allows us to integrate with PLCs and SCADA systems, the vision to validate that it is the right thing. We give that full closed loop solution of not just visibly putting it on there, but ensuring to manufacturers and consumers that it is right, it is accurate, and it is traceable in the future. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's 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 a it's a fairly common saying within manufacturing, but if you're if you're discovering quality issues after everything's already been made, it's too late. You want to be understanding what's happening in real time or even before it hits the manufacturing or the, you know, in my case, a printing press or whatever it is. You you want to yeah. make sure that there's accuracy to it. That's cool. It, 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 yeah. If it's afterwards, you better have a good lawyer. That's all I have to say yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, just hopefully it doesn't make it out of your facility, but still there's going to be waste. It's going to be cost. It's going to yep. be time. It's going to be absolutely employee morale is down. It's like, ah, oh, we got to do this again. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Are, are there other ways that, that Domino provides traceability beyond just, uh, not just, but beyond kind of database, uh, PLC information? Uh, are you, for example, if, if there was a, an RFID tag on uh on on something would you be able to read that information and provide traceability through a through a digital code at the end print it on sure. a sure box absolutely with our software solutions we can do a lot of these key things we actually have a customer right now where we're not doing rfid but we're doing barcodes so we're scanning uh the primary package and and uh, marrying it with the the end uh package as well to ensure that the product the the green stuff 
if it's grape juice, it's going into a box that says grape juice, not orange juice, and as well as interfacing with check weight systems and other systems to, to add those things together. So absolutely, we, you know, the easiest way is we tend to want to be the glue that puts everything together. So mm. that, that allows us to do that. Is that going to be the new tagline for the company? I think it's Domino do more right now, but Domino were the glue. Maybe that's not going to work. <laughs> you got to run that by Tara. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll push that through and I, I'll give you a picture of her face after I say that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, <laughs> Uh, you know, Adem, this has been great. Uh, I did write down a few notes uh, that are going to be really pertinent for your future. Um, I do think that your uh, FISMA should be your rapper name and your first album should be called Undeclared Allergens. Uh, <laughs> so just in case you were thinking of like a side hustle, uh, you, can, you should go by FISMA. Um, I think it's a pretty cool rapper name. But uh, in case that doesn't happen and you decide that you're going to stick with what you're passionate about here is the director of automation at Domino. What are some next steps? How could people get in touch with you? How can they interact with, with Domino and learn more about what it is? Because you, sorry, you sell to a wide range of companies, right? So you, you would have, you would have print engines that are for a, a CPG company or for a, you know, food and beverage company. But I, I know companies that I've worked for have had Domino print heads and, you know, Domino mm -hmm. uh, inkjet systems in, in a flexo hybrid, Absolutely. digital flexo hybrid system. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole wide range of people that might be interested in hearing more about Domino. How would they get in touch with you and the company? Yeah, so they can visit our website at www.domino-printing.com. Uh, that's a great way to come there. We are a global company, so all the contacts for each country with our, our different uh, departments are there. Um, they can also uh, call us direct uh, in North America at 800-444-4512 and be able to, they can ask for myself, Adem Klausovich, or, or just ask for someone in the technical area as well to, to be able to get more information and be happy to do that. And as you said, um, we, we, we range through not just food and beverage, pharmaceutical, automotive. We do also do, um, you know, the uh, uh, flex, uh, we do digital presses as well as corrugate presses now too. So we expand across all of that CPG realm. So uh, don't just think of us as a food and beverage person, think of us as a whole provider in that manufacturing process. Yeah, and for those of you who wanna call the number, 800-444-4512, uh, uh, we also learned you can just ask for Adem. He's the only one there at Domino. Only one you, there. You don't, don't don't worry about saying Adem Kulausevich, right? Did I get That's it right. right the second time? You got it right, I'm hey! impressed. Let's let's give a. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anytime I could use my air horn on my soundboard, I'm game. Uh, well, Adem, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I, I hope that some folks will get in touch with with you and your team because you're solving some really really critical problems uh, that that need need to be solved, and you're sitting right there at the forefront of it. So uh, appreciate you. I'm happy to know you, and when I'm in Chicago, if I get some time, I'll I'll be sure to hit you up and maybe we can have some uh some delicious uh deep dish pizza deep dish pizza i'll take that, you to okay all right but what but what about you were talking about how there's more uh is it like you, you i think you got like baltic or like, yeah i'll take you to some good baltic food you okay can have some. i've had deep dish pizza in chicago it is good but i'm just saying like we can we can branch out a little bit if need be absolutely be but my Dan, pleasure thanks so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me 
Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.